Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for creatives and entrepreneurs seeking knowledge, purpose, and community. Brought to you by creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy, every episode is recorded at our headquarters in Niceville, Florida. We're excited to share our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors, all willing to share with you their diverse wisdom and experience. So happy to have you with us today. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. My name is Hillary Durso, and I am your host for this week's Hello, Francis podcast episode, where we are continuing the conversation of our generation series. And this week, we are talking all about the millennials. With me, I have some familiar voices from our team that are also millennials. I've got Jody, Kelsey, Janae, and Ren. And we are excited to dive in and not only set the record straight, but talk through why we love being a part of this demographic. I want to start us off, guys, with a couple stats. And then we also have, we can have casual conversation through some questions that we put together and see where it takes us. A couple of things. The millennial demographic is from 1981 to 1996. Currently, or by 2025, excuse me, millennials will make up majority of the workforce. So that's 75%. Currently, there are 56 million millennials in the workforce. 73% of millennials put in more, more guys, than 40 hours of work in a week, which, you know, that's fun. Um, (laughs) And 35% of millennials plan on retiring before they reach the age of 65. So how I want to know how they're doing that. <laughs> I don't It'll feel be like very I'm ever going to retire. <laughs> that's why I had to read that stat. So I was like, all your faces were just like, okay, so that's not happening. <laughs> Especially if we're working more than 40 hours a week. I just don't know how we get there that fast. Right. Oh. Right. Exactly. And then a couple other things that I thought were very that were interesting were I found a really cool article about millennial CEOs specifically and how that they're changing the landscape of how a business is ran, which I thought was very interesting because like we just heard by 2025, millennials will take over the workforce. So we'll see that type of leadership more and more. But it was interesting. They said millennial CEOs focus on being very optimistic, but they are still very cautious. 66 of millennial business owners say business conditions are good or excellent compared to 55% of baby boomers is interesting. It says millennial CEOs are digital natives, but they are fueled by innovation. So innovation and coming up with solutions is extremely important to them. Their innovation drives optimism for, and that's what 90% of business owners said. And then the biggest thing to me that stood out for CEO business owners, which we're seeing more and more of company culture is paramount and probably the most important thing to them is creating a business of company culture. And I know we'll dive into this, but that doesn't mean just bean bags, guys. Or the, or the foosball table. Right. <laughs> so anyway, I thought those are some fun things to bring up. And as far as our questions, I mean, do we, do we want to dive into some of the questions and see where that takes us? Or do you guys want to, do you guys have some things you want to share first too? I think it would be interesting to kind of dissect some of those topics and some of those pinpoints that you just spoke about because that one of the last ones that you just talked about was talking about how 
they're trying to bring in more diverse and more balanced, time balanced workforces. I wonder if that's because we do. I mean, most millennials are working over 40 hours a week. So I wonder if they're seeing that and they're like, I want to bring some work-life balance into other people's lives. I kind of, that's interesting. Well, and I'd be interested to see a stat. Sure, we're the generation with the most of like two working parents too. So I feel like that's even more paramount, the work-life balance, because, you know, mom's not home taking care of the kids anymore because mom and dad are both working because they need to. It's very, it's very true. That's a good point. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I would think like, at least the importance of company culture too. Like, no, we don't want bean bags and foosball tables. We want, <laughs> you know, vacation and, you know, to be able to pick our kids up from school, you know? It's almost, exactly. it's almost like to that point, Kelsey, because I think that's a very good point to say. Clearly we have a stat that we just read where we're working more than 40 hours of work week, right? So in turn, it's not that we need, you know, a ping pong table. I mean, that would be great. That's fun. But I think asking for that vacation time is because we're also a generation willing to work more, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got to rest and have downtime some way, somehow, right? Well, our generation takes their work home. I mean, we work on our phones now, so yeah. we can't get away. Exactly. It's yeah. 24-7, right? In that aspect, because it's, yeah, exactly. That's, it's very, that's very interesting to me, but so to clarify, I want a vacation where we can't take our phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a true vacation. What, my definition of an actual vacation. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so valid. That makes, oh gosh, that's so true. <laughs> it's like, it, it just never stops. Even like on a personal level, you know, it's like, It doesn't matter if you're looking at like personal Facebook or whatever. I feel like you're still working in the back of your mind. Like, oh, what's to come? Or, oh, this is a good idea. How can I spin this? Like, it's always just, it's there. Mm -hmm. It's very true. Let me see here because I want to dive into these questions a little bit. Let me ask you guys, how would you describe the millennial generation? And maybe even we say, if we can do it in one word. Like, is there one word that you think like describes us as a whole? Hardworking, personally. Mm-hmm. I'd say flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of rolling with it. Easy going. Yeah, easy going. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel. I feel like we're like the overwhelmed generation as well. That's yeah, I would agree with that. Agreed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was gonna say innovative. So I think all of those are very true and accurate, to be honest. And none of it was lazy. None of it had the word entitled. None of it. (laughs) Apparently we're killing everything. So we're we're killing and responsible for pretty much everything. So like, I wonder how we got those titles. Like where did those originate for us? Because I don't see that. I've been working since I was like 15 when at that point it was legal to do that. So where did that all come from? <laughs> Honestly, Jody, that's a really good point. I think it's because we, we recognize the need, like we kind of said for rest and we like to go on vacation and we think that there should be boundaries in the workplace. And that's just never really been a priority for previous generations. You know, it was just, you go to work and you do what's expected of you and you kind of just don't complain about it. I feel like, and we're like, no, that's not a way to live life. You know, we don't want to work 
until we die. You know, I think that's kind of where that mindset comes from is that that's the way it's always been done. And we're like, but it doesn't need to be that way, you know? Right. Wow. That's a really Very great true. point. Mm-hmm. I think the word boundary is like a, you know, a big old gold star right there. I just think that in the, you know, world of mental health and everything, people are learning how to do boundaries now. And I think that's just like crossing over from life to work. And I think mm-hmm. people get frustrated with people who put up boundaries, especially in the workplace, because, you know, they're expecting the more than 40 hours per week. Mm-hmm. Boundaries are scary to put up sometimes though. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, millennials have kind of broken that standard and they just, they're making their own boundaries. So Mm -hmm. I find that interesting. I do too. I think boundaries are very important for when you're working a lot, like you guys have said for rest, also for even like your mental health, like turning it off, you know what I mean? And being able to be present anywhere you are and what you're doing, right? Yeah, that's, it's very important. And I think millennials do it well. And we've definitely been the generation to bring it to light. Some people don't, you know, people have trouble with boundaries and they think sometimes if they're paying you, you just, you know, but here's the thing. It's one thing, right. To ask for boundaries, but the works is still good and it gets done. Right. Right. Cause if it's good and it gets done, I feel like it's not like we're going on vacation and things are, you know, not happening. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I I also think it like, somehow correlates us to being like a soft generation because we're asking for you know a little bit more leniency in how we balance our work to life oh and I I love that so much because you totally took us into what are some stereotypes of our generation which I think we've already touched on a little bit but kind of setting the record straight if we have you know in our experiences experience being stereotyped for being a millennial and how we aren't that, or you don't feel like you were raised that way, you know? So lazy. Yeah. That's the one word I wrote down too. Lazy. Lazy and lax. Like, I feel like I'm the complete opposite from that. You know? It's- I'm on edge all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which by the way, we're in, I need to look at the percentage again. I don't have it up in front of me, but we are the generation with the most anxiety. So <laughs> I was about to say anxious, anxious, like yes. is millennial. <laughs> Anxious. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, and I know we touched on entitled a little bit, but I wonder if that, I think Chantel and I talked in the office about this the other day and Janae, you might, I think you were there, you were in there too, but we talked about the word entitled. I don't know where that comes from. Like, I don't know if that's from, maybe it is because we're the generation where we have like companies like Google, for example, and they're providing more cultural companies that are a healthy culture or what they would think is a healthy culture. Maybe it comes from conglomerates like that maybe, or. What I want to know is like, what are we asking for that makes us so entitled? Like, like what are the things that we, that we want to continue working and seeing how, you know, corporate America is going to continue being, how does that make us entitled if we're just trying to change things for the betterment of like everyone? Well, And to that point, that's another big thing. It says millennials are the biggest generation that they attach. They want their work to be for a greater good. They're the one generation that focuses on what's going to, is my work going to provide a solution or the betterment of Mm -hmm. things as a whole, which honestly, to me, I think that's wonderful. I love that. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure, but 
It's very interesting. I think it just goes back to us, like we said a little while ago, we ask for what we want. We try to set boundaries and that's just foreign in the workplace before millennials came along, you know? So they're like, oh, this is so entitled. They they think they can get X, Y, Z, but it's really just being flexible and bringing new ideas. And I read too that we're the most entrepreneurial generation ever, you know, thus far too. So it's more of just trying to be innovative, like you said, Hill, and and thinking of new, better solutions of how to do things. And I think it's just because it's never been done before. It's it's just kind of foreign to older generations. Exactly. But do you guys feel like that's going to change in the future? Like, do you think that we're seen as maybe like the lazy ones have been for maybe the past 10 years or so, maybe the next five years, but are we going to start seeing the next generation be titled that just because like millennials have kind of paved the way and it's being, it's becoming like a little bit easier and easier and they're getting more vacation times. Like, do you think that that's just going to continue on? So to that point, Jody, I have thought about this before and I definitely think as the generations continue, you've got to be adaptable, right? And your mindset to me has got to change because every generation is going to be different and they're going to probably have different needs based on technology advances or how they grew up. Like Gen Z, we already know. And now there's generation alpha younger than that. I know Jody, your daughter, Bella, my nieces are going to be generation alpha. Janae, your kids. So they know nothing but digital. I mean, they were just a hundred percent digital. I mean, I know Chantel, it makes me laugh every time, but Bella can like, you know, crack her security code without her ever telling her anything. Like, <laughs> that happens. like I, so I feel like to your point, I don't know that they'll have the same, it'll be the same titles. Like, I don't know if it'll lazy and entitled will transition, but I definitely think every generation before another needs to be open-minded and be willing to change their ways because one way isn't going to be the only way. No. I don't, I don't feel. Um, no, and I mean, I feel like prior generations have molded us to where we are now, of course, you know, we're trying to change some things from prior gener- generations that we aren't happy with, or that we're trying to make better for us and our children to come up and future generations. So I just, I don't know. I, it's, I'm excited to see what's coming forth, but prior generation generations have definitely molded us into what we are now. I also think it's like a worldwide thing. We're so connected now to how other governments work and how other countries work. And knowing that people in like Italy and France get like a month or two of vacation handed over to them. And they're confused as to why we even have sick time, like taking time out of that. It just doesn't make any sense to us to be seeing it work in other places and work successfully. Mm -hmm. And then we don't even get the same, you know, courtesy, I guess, to get that back. I mean, even like maternity leave. In some countries, you get a whole year maternity Mm. leave and like six months paternity leave. It's huge. And I mean, here it's like, oh, I'm sick. I feel bad for calling in. Like, I just, I feel guilty, you know? And it's like, wow, how are these other countries figuring this out? And we can't. Mm-hmm. it's so that is oh I love this conversation because it's so it's so true how do they do that and they can still now granted the year I mean to each their own 
I don't know in this type of marketing and advertising, things change so much. It actually blows my mind to be out of work for a year. I feel like that would, it's so changing. Like you would be very behind if you didn't keep up with it. But the premise is still there where they don't feel bad though, right? Right. Like we have like, oh my gosh, I need to ask, oh God, I'm sick today. I'm sick. Like you should be able to be sick and still be a valued or great employee, you know? By a show of hands, who has felt bad for asking for vacation? Oh, oh my gosh. If every, if you could uh, visually see us, every, all of us raised our hand. I before Ren actually finished the entire thing. <laughs> we, we heard felt bad and we all just raced around. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why, and that's why I feel like we love working at Francis Roy so much is that something that, that it's a place where culture matters so much and that's so valued and each one of us are so valued. I don't know. I feel like that's, it took some retraining. I feel like because yeah. Chantel was just like, why, why are you telling me this? Like, just go do your dentist appointment and come back. It's <laughs> like, oh, but I, you, no, you don't care. You're like, are you sure? Are you sure? And she's like, what? It but only I- took me a good year to, to just be like, it's a little more stuff. I guess. That's so true, Janine. It is. It's a transition when you're not used to it because most work environments. Yeah, are- I would like clock in, clock out, sign out if I left for lunch and they'd clock that lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like the staple where you're like, I'll make it up at the end of the day. I'll add an hour to my day to make up for the time that lost. So oh, yeah. yeah. Well, guys, I want to take us into our next question. What is, and we can kind of go around or whoever wants to start. What's your favorite way of finding out about new products or services? Like, how do you think, like, where do you guys go? It, I mean, I think it, for me personally, everything is social media. Like, mm-hmm. especially with ads coming through on Facebook or Instagram, I didn't realize that I wanted that product until I saw it on there. Or if mm-hmm. I knew I wanted it prior to that, I would just Google it. Like everything is just, everything is so easy for us now to find and figure out and Amazon order it and have it here in a day and a half or two days. I, I mean, it, it's just, it's all social media and all just like having that internet connection. So to that point on social media, is there a certain platform that gets you easier than others? Like where you will literally, you've literally had a conversion where you're just like, okay, saw that ad on there and I'm going to now purchase. Instagram. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Instagram's for me too. I'll see an ad on Facebook on the right-hand side and I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. They, tar- they obviously did a retarget because I was just on that site looking at that thing, but I don't then go and purchase it. But if I see on an Instagram... Oh, I'll be like going to Lincoln bios. Like, where can I, like, it doesn't matter how many steps. Exactly. Which is crazy because on the flip side of that, you know, Jody and I like to spend a lot of time on TikTok, but more than half the time, I don't get advertisements on that app at all. That's actually where I was going with that. I was like, but on the flip side of that, because I get targeted so much on both Instagram and Facebook, I have ventured more towards TikTok where I don't get those ads anymore. I don't want to see them. I'm not spending unnecessary money and I'm enjoying my time on TikTok and I'm sharing videos with friends and communicating with them and talking to them a little bit more. You don't get ads yet on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you worry. 
I was waiting for someone to say that point because you know it's a matter of time before something they're gonna be like, this is a money-making machine. Like let me throw some ads on there. <laughs> but yes, right now it's wonderful because it is one you can escape without too many sponsored or sponsored ads or anything, which is yeah. really nice. Definitely Instagram for me too, I would say. I think I think where the turnover is too is that we also grew up with YouTube and a lot of the time. YouTube is that like next step if you know trying to buy something a little bit on the more expensive side and you want to do your research I feel like YouTube is also one of those like turning points for you to like convert into a consumer from Instagram definitely I would definitely agree with that too for YouTube because yeah. YouTube is they do I mean it's really like what I think it's don't quote me but I want to say it's like the second to Google like most used search engine, search engine. Mm-hmm. yeah okay so to me, I, I can see that because they probably give you enough information when you're watching it to definitely be like, oh, okay, I trust that. Or, oh, okay, that's been reviewed enough. Like I'm going to go now purchase or I'm going to listen to what they have to say. I would agree with that. Yeah. So do you guys use YouTube to look for things to buy or do you guys mainly use YouTube like I do, which is, oh, I bought this. How do I put this together? Or how do I use this? <laughs> both. It's a, both. It's a big yeah. both. Yeah. YouTube that's such a good window for YouTube for like bigger purchases, Ren. Like to look up reviews on certain products and stuff. Like we definitely do that in this house too. Do you guys find yourself, do you think that you're, do you think as a millennial we're quicker to spend money? Or do you guys think there's a value point where you kind of assess and you're like, mm, because- you know, we are the um, generation with the most debt. Just curious how you guys. I feel like when I was younger, I was quicker to send, to spend money. Now that I'm a little bit older and I see <laughs> how that works, I feel like I'm a little bit more frugal. Yeah. But that's also from me talking to people like Chantel. That's like, oh, okay. You know, this is how you budget. And this is like what you want to do to save. And it's like, oh, now I get it. Okay. <laughs> I feel like budgeting and just being financially stable was something that was never a priority for our generation to learn. Like mm-hmm. that is what I'm learning now as a 30 year old woman is right. how to be financially stable, how to make money by not doing so much and, you know, being an entrepreneur on the side. And it's just a world that no one thought to teach us. And that's where, you know, you think about like when classes used to have like home ec and like wood shop and like those are, you know, kind of, you know, going out. And it's like, when are those classes going to be started like to be replenished with like every day, this is what life is going to be like type of classes. How to file your taxes. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's such a good point too, that like we have to like figure out like financial you know, stability, I guess, on our own. Because when you ask that question, I could think of like half of millennials I know that like are super savvy and budgeting and that sort of thing, but they've like taught themselves. And then a group that I'm like, oh yeah, they just spend whatever, whenever kind of thing. But I think it's it's where you are in the journey of like figuring that out by yourself. Cause like y'all said, we haven't really We've never learned that. Well, so. But so to be fair, it's actually like changed so much that even if we True. did have a high school class about it, like it'd be so different already. Right. Like we have to learn. This is just something I think our kids are even going to have to learn on their own because it's going to keep evolving. Yeah. 
True. So, but like, where does Gen X and like, you know, boomer generations, how did they, you know, get that information? How did they learn? Like, was it hands-on? Did they have a mentor that taught them? Like, it just feels like they had some type of in that like we never really got to experience because the world moved so fast. Now that's fair. That's a, that's a fair point. A lot. Now it does say a lot of our debt is due to education. Educated. I saw this. The most educated generation in Western history. Wow. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, that's awesome. And I feel like because I know but is I, it because we're in debt because of it so <laughs> because a lot of millennials actually don't go to their first job in the workforce and it's what they actually went to school for a lot of times it's not yeah so that's very interesting to me too is we have this debt or a lot of us have debt from education that doesn't necessarily get us in the job that we got an education for mm-hmm. and they wonder why we're the generation that still lives with their parents until their, you know, late twenties or most people, you know, have that issue. Guys, I am transparent. I have my house that I have because I chose to get myself into a good place. And I lived with my mom until I was like 27, Mm -hmm. but I had to do that because we did not, we were not like, okay, well I had school debt, all, you know, all the above. And that was the salute. The only way I could do it. Yeah. See, I did the opposite. I moved out as soon as I turned 18 and graduated high school. I moved into my own apartment and then moved halfway across the United States with my husband. <laughs> and <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So I feel like, and that's, again, the other thing with the millennials, it's like, there's so, there's two different sides to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you all think that debt, student debt correlates to us not being able to have the time or the understanding to like realize how to budget and how to be financially stable because we're so like hyper-focused on working those extra 40 hours a week just to get by to then be able to pay off whatever debt we have, therefore not giving us any type of wiggle room to figure out how we're going to like succeed and keep that going until we retire. Yeah, because I think it can just be overwhelming. I can't even picture myself saving for retirement because I have XYZ that I need to figure out way before then. So it's just like, it's not even something that seems attainable to most people. I feel like that is such a good, good point. You guys, because a lot of people, you know, well, my age, I've had conversations with friends. They want to sign up for like, say their company doesn't have a 401k plan, for example. Mm -hmm. So they got to do it themselves, which is fine. And that's common, but they want to put money into that. And they're like, but I can't because of all this other. So it becomes the least prioritized thing, right? Because in your mind, it's not that you don't want that, but when you have tons of debt, it's like, you got to alleviate that first. Cause that's immediate. Right. You know? And so it's very tricky. Cause I, I actually don't know many people that are now I'm not talking about dual income households. A lot of times I think with dual income, maybe one or the other can start a 401k, but single households I don't know many people that have also a 401k started of my friends actually if the company never offered it to me I would have never known to do it right interesting yeah it's true it's very true well I'm going to transition us guys to another question and this is let's see what was one of the biggest or most memorable technological advances do you think that came from the millennial generation AOL chat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like it. 
You can text your friend. That was the first text, right? Yes, I nine. T nine. I was gonna say MySpace, but you know, well, we know where that's at now. I was gonna say the iPhone. I mean, I love. I love. Yeah, those are all really good, actually. Very good. Gosh, you guys remember the dial-up for AOL? Yes. Oh, no, that was the worst. Yes. Oh my gosh, I also or like when my... you would be on the phone would be busy because it would take up your phone line, so yeah. like no one could get yeah. your house. Yes, and I know this is a problem. Well, it is relevant, but it's probably a necessary time to take away. But honestly, do we do you remember our AOL names? Because I was not smart. I was like, mine was like my dog. It was like Lexi something. <laughs> and everyone was like, isn't your name Hillary? And I'm like, it's my dog. <laughs> I think mine was my name, like Kelsey with like five Y's or something. <laughs> mine was like the uppercase, lowercase, uppercase, yes. lowercase. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always. <laughs> oh, I love it, you guys. Okay. So I we think we I think we kind of answered this, but do we have a favorite social media platform? Not just we from, but favorite hands down. Say other other than Instagram. Yeah, other than Instagram. My currently TikTok. I love TikTok. I'm a big Pinterest too. We got some Pinterest and some TikTok. I think it's funny that like half of us have a TikTok, and then I bet we should ask like the next generation when they record their podcast, do all of y'all have a TikTok? And the answer would be yes. It's like, it's like creeping up TikTok. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> Another um, social I'm media. afraid of that time suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why I will not get it. I know I'll spend so much time on it. So bad. That's literally why. You know, it'd be very interesting though, that one social platform I rarely hear about, or actually two, no one in, uh, for millennial wise, people rarely say Twitter and they oh. rarely say Snapchat. And both have been around pretty much the same time frame as like Facebook and Instagram. But our generation is not as into those. Not that they don't utilize them. It's just when you ask your favorite or most used, I rarely hear either of those. Twitter is to tell me if Facebook and Instagram are down. <laughs> exactly. Snapchat is for my other one friend that I have on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Twitter is just like an extra Facebook. I guess that's how I saw it because like Facebook kind of came first I think and then Twitter and it's just like I mean I already have like six different social media things going on I don't need another one I will share something with y'all so on Facebook you obviously get like your memories from 10 years ago have popped up right well I check mine every day because I just go back and I read the statuses I wrote when I was like 20 21 and they're definitely Twitter worthy. And then they get definitely deleted off of Facebook permanently. By me. <laughs> I don't need anyone to be seeing those. And I think that's what it was. It's like we got our Twitter out on Facebook statuses. And mm -hmm. gosh, I, I wish we hadn't. Well, You're right. I, <laughs> and to I'm, Jody's point, I think they've just kind of been replaced. Because I bet if you would ask Gen Z, their favorite these days, they would say TikTok. And before TikTok, I bet you they would have said Snapchat. You just only have, you know, so much capacity for so many socials that like Twitter just kind of got booted when I guess like Instagram came along. You know, I think it's just you only have so much time to waste in a day that you can't just scroll on them all. Yeah, <laughs> so true. that's so true. And, and quite true. frankly, I don't this makes me 
going to make me sound old, but just being honest, something about Snapchat from day one confused me. Like it just wasn't easy for me to use. Like, I don't know why, but I know that's I really saw, I saw like the, the best meme where, I mean, it's kind of bad, but you see like a old tiny picture of your grandpa uh-huh. and then, and the next it's like a kid with the puppy dog face on him. And this is my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Our kid's future. <laughs> You're gonna have all these weird puppy dog pictures. <laughs> Accuracy of that meme. Guys, did, <laughs> memes? did we ever find that out? I hope that that's true. I'd love yeah, that we made it. memes. I would hope that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to give us more good stuff, guys. <laughs> okay. Well, I know we're getting close to in to time for this recording, but I did want to ask a fun question. So, what's something that you remember? as when you were a kid that happened obviously in our generation like is there something that stood out or something that you remember a favorite favorite show or anything I can't remember what it was called um it wasn't Nick at Night but it was like all the cool shows on Nickelodeon on like Friday nights you had like Keenan and Kel and the one with Amanda what's her name I forget her last name but oh, Amanda, Amanda Bynes. Oh, Amanda Bynes. Yeah. All that or something like that. Yeah. Freaking love that. <laughs> and then ABC had their version of that too. Yeah. It was like Friday night was like the Family Matters and stuff like that too. Tim yeah. the and Saturday Tim morning cartoons. Yeah, full house. Yeah, I remember those two. I will tell you. Oh, and well, I read somewhere too. The best m- rated movies in history so far were all in the 90s, by the way. So apparently we made really great movies. And Why do you think they're making movies? all the sequels? They're making all the sequels to those 90 movies. <laughs> or remaking. <laughs> I would say a memory I had, and I, text, I told Ren this earlier. I have a vivid memory of going to the computer lab. And I always had to be the first kid in line in, to go. Because when we would have computer lab time, we only had three computers in there that were the box colored Macs. You know, like the, yeah. it was like pink, blue, and green. And you weren't cool if you didn't get one of those. <laughs> I remember being in third grade and I would sprint like over the colored box max because all the other ones were, you know, looked like duds compared to those. So you had to see I, I remember like the evolution of music and like going from cassette tapes to a CD player yeah. to then your first yeah. iPod. And then your it's walk home. The walk Yeah. Yes, and then they're too big to fit in my pocket or my bag. <laughs> like was it that nano was pods or what was the stick? The the one stick. Oh, that, the nano. Yes, the nano. Do you guys remember like making it like playing the beginning of a song or like your favorite part of the song into your voicemail and like letting that song play for a little bit and then being like you reached so-and-so sorry I can't get to you call me back later and then like letting the song continue playing (laughs) (laughs) yes girl very much much. (laughs) for ringtones back then we had to pay for the ringtones yes the Verizon ringtone Verizon ringtones Well, those are all great. And before we wrap, the one other thing I do want to talk about, I found this really cool article. It just says the top 10 defining events through the millennial um, that millennials have lived through, which I think are, it's very interesting. So number 10, the real world, which is oh. it's the TV. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. 
Number nine is Napster, which I actually don't remember. Does someone remember that? Oh, yeah. is it the music thing where you could like take music or something? It is. Yeah. 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 I use LimeWire more than Napster, yeah. I feel like. I did and BearShare. I use BearShare, LimeWire. Yep. <laughs> Took like 18 yep. hours to download one song and then it had like <laughs> a clip in the middle of it. It was like, download this. And you're like, oh gosh. And I have my mom being like, this is illegal. Are you downloading that? I'm like, mom. <laughs> number eight hurricane katrina we had number seven gay marriage number six the oj simpson case trial and acquittal so we went through that whole that whole process i don't remember five i don't remember that number five columbine i remember that 1999 yep oh tell me if you guys remember this at number four the great recession of seven (laughs) (laughs) Number three, the election of Barack Obama being America's first Black president. Mm -hmm. Number two, the rise of social media from the 2000s on. And number one, which makes sense, very memorable, September 11th. So those are the top 10 defining events that happened through the millennial age. So I thought that was quite interesting too. But I feel like a, a lot of those happen too at very like quintessential moments in our lives. Like mm-hmm. I remember 9-11, I was only 11, but I could still comprehend like something was going on, something dangerous, something scary. I'll always remember like where I was, who I was with. Cause of course I was in school, you know, I, I will like remember that forever. I, I remember that too. I was definitely, I was in a classroom and I remember they sent us all home. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. Well, I'm I'm a little curious if they're going to add pandemic to that. I feel like they have to. I feel like they have to. Go I mean, ahead, but put it on us. We've got pandemic. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, my opinion, like 9-11 will always be like the one most memorable thing just because of just how right. devastating it was. But I would say this pandemic is definitely like the second one that will stand out the most to me. Most definitely. And Generation Z will remember that too. Um, at least elder Gen Z's will, for sure. But, well, guys, this is probably, I think we're at time at this point, but I feel like the millennials are awesome. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> we don't, we shouldn't have as bad of rap that we do. We're definitely not lazy. We're definitely not entitled. Hence our, we love, apparently we love, to work more than 40 hours for fun. Um, so, but with that being said, thank you guys for recording this episode. And I'm actually, I'm excited. Honestly, I really want to hear, I'm really excited to hear the Gen X recording. Cause I feel like they totally do- dogged on millennials, but I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm excited for all of like them. A, like a response to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you guys and stay tuned for our next episode with Generation X.